Hey there, thank you so much for listening to Something Super Spiritual. My name is Jeffrey Peck, and I am a psychic medium. If you are seeking conversation with loved ones on the other side, or discussion about spirituality, life after life, and anything in between, join me as we discuss all things spirit. We are collectively experiencing a spiritual awakening right now and recognizing that we are much, much more than we once believed. We don't die and life doesn't end. We are eternal spiritual beings living in this crazy 3D virtual world of existence. Let's talk about it. Hey, you guys. Here we are already at episode 28, and I have a really fantastic conversation today with Karen A. Dahlman. Karen is a superstar when it comes to divine channeling with the tool known as the Ouija board. She's an absolute whiz when it comes to this Ouija, and, and she receives information from crossed over loved ones, angels, spirit guides, extraterrestrials or internet interdimensional beings. She's amazing. She's absolutely amazing. She's been doing this work for 50 years with the Ouija board and has so many cool stories to talk about. So many cool experiences to talk about watching her on her YouTube channel with her board partner, Rodney. That planchette moves around that board so fast and she's just calling out letters. A, N, D, T, H, E, B, O, A, R, D. I mean, you know what I mean? It's that quiet, it's that fast. And, and it's just like she, paragraphs of truly inspirational, hope-filled messages. And I'm so happy to have her here with us as a leading noted Ouija practitioner, she's been using the Ouija board since 1973 with incredible results. She's been featured on Gaia TV, Coast to Coast AM, Fade to Black, in documentaries and other numerous media programs. Karen's messages share the positive side to the Ouija board as a tool for exploring consciousness. Her work's mission is pushing the boundaries of consciousness, and her message is assisting humanity in awakening to its greatest potential. It's very true. It's very true. Karen holds a master's degree with the University of New Mexico in archetypal art therapy and is experienced in hypnosis, past life regression, channeling, and spiritual readings. She's the talk host of Creative Visions TV and is an international speaker and teacher at paranormal and spiritual conferences. You guys, this is a really great conversation talking about ETs, interdimensional beings, the unseen world, and so much more with Karen A. Dahlman. I hope you guys truly enjoy this conversation and I hope you're all having really great holidays as we're right in the midst of it. Please enjoy. Well, welcome to something super spiritual. I'm so happy to see you and you look absolutely beautiful Thank as you. ever. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and uh, this will be fun. I know you've been working with the Ouija board for like almost 50 years. Is that right? Yeah, it's 50 years in 2023. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. So so in it's 1973, how, yeah. how did you, how did it make it, its way to you? How what, did you have one in the house? Was your house... Was your family super spiritual where, you know, things like this were talked about or how did it just 
Um, so I didn't know what a Ouija board really was. I mean, I think I heard about it. I, I just, to me, it was nothing. It didn't mean anything. So what happened was this, it's very interesting because I really didn't know what the tool was. I mean, I heard about it. I mean, mm-hmm. it w- it didn't mean anything to me because I just, I had my own way of always seeing things and it wasn't like I even knew I was seeing something other people couldn't see. I just knew not to talk about like my imaginary playmate, which wasn't imaginary. And, and then I'd see lights in the sky and I'd see auras and people said, you know, people didn't really, I didn't talk about it, but if I brought up lights in the sky, like extraterrestrial UFOs, or I saw visitors in my room or people come in my room at night when I'm sleeping and I see, I wake up and see them. They, they would say, well, that's stupid. That's silly. That's not real. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I've already learned not to talk about these things, but friends down the street, they were two sisters. One was like my best friend and her older sister was just two years older. Um, we used to all play together and they, they bring me to their house and said, let's play a game. And I was like, okay, cool. What game? We always played games back in the seventies. That's, that's what you did. You had a lot of games mm-hmm. and, and play outside too. We played, you know, cowboys and Indians and games. Totally. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. We had so much fun. Um, this, this was on base, base housing. So there's a lot of kids my age and we all just hung out. Uh, so we go to their house and they pull out underneath their bed, this box with this Ouija board in it, which looks like this Ouija board right there. They pull it out and, um, they said, this is what we do. We talk to spirits. I'm like, oh, come on, show me. And they do. And I go, you're pushing it. That's stupid. And they said, no, we're not. And they said, we want you to try. And then I said, you know what? Let me try. I promise you I won't push it. They said they wouldn't push it. So we, three of us tried it, then two of us tried it, and it worked each time. It was moving, spelling out things. And we start asking silly questions like, oh, I remember one of the ones, it was a commercial on TV called Rolaids, and it would, it would, the commercial was this, how do you spell relief? Mm-hmm. R-O-L-A-I-D-S. Remember that? Okay. Yep. So we asked that and it spelled out R-O-L-A-I-D-S, which I thought was really pretty funny. And then they said, well, let's show you who else we talked to. And that's when the two girls started using the planchette which is this little guy back here, a little indicator yeah, moving around on the board. And they're talking to something that's talking back with them and, and telling them things. And I said, who is this? What is this? And they said, it's our dead sister. And I'm like, wait a second. I didn't even know you had a dead sister. And that's what was so interesting to me is that I didn't know that. Okay. But the elder girl in the room who was 10 had a twin that died shortly after birth. She might've been alive for just a little bit, like a month or two, or even, sure. I don't even know if it was that long. I didn't know this. And they didn't really talk about it. They go, yeah, it's our dead sister. And I said, well, what? And I go, well, wait a second. She died as a baby. How is she talking to you? And they said, well, um, she's growing up. She's 10 on the other side. That is what captivated me. Not the fact you could talk to spirits. I already saw things and had my own little yeah. you know, conversations and things going on. It was the fact that afterlife exists and not only does it exist, but they grow up and they have a life in the other dimensions. Yes. That is what really went aha to me, ran home, told my parents and said, it's true. We learned in church. They said, what? I go, well, you, the, the dead live on and they grow up and they have their lives. So they go, oh, sure. How do you know that? And I said, because of the Ouija board. And they're like, yeah, right. <laughs> and I said, why don't you believe me? And they said, because it's a silly game. We all had one. We were young. We pushed it around. I said, no. We didn't push it around. I know they didn't. Well, they're just kids. They're not telling you the truth. I said, mom, they didn't. And I said, if you don't believe me, Santa Claus will and Jeffrey. That's the one right there. That is 19, the one you got. 19, December 25th, 1973. Wow. That's it. Right there. 
Okay, it's a, that... it's a Parker Brothers board too. Yeah. Um, because Parker Brothers took ownership in 1966. So that was about seven years into it. They had a larger board too. This one over here in the corner, you can kind of see that larger one in the background. Yep. That is a William Full, but Parker Brothers made it that size as well. Right. I had one like that first one you had in about 1984, I think. Yeah, that style lasted, it, um, gosh, until like about 90-ish. So um, yeah, the 80s, you would have had one just that exact same size, that mm -hmm. one. The only difference between your indicator and my indicator, the planchette, yep. is the one, the old ones, which was so bad for kids. They had little brass tabs, little little nails, brass nails in there. And they could easily fall out. They weren't attached. They just sat in this little hole. Mm -hmm. And I still have mine to this day. I When I move, I tape it in there so it didn't fall out. I called it the eye, the eye of Ouija. But the, yeah. the ones that you had had the plastic. It was all yes. plastic. So it wasn't as dangerous. Yep. I yep. think they probably realized we got to do something for safety for these kids because, again, remember, this was marketed as a game. And yeah. it was an, um, always has been. But it was for ages eight and up. And that's why I told my parents, I said, look, I I'm... I'm I'm eight. I should be able to do this this play this game because they they thought it was a game. I go. I, I should be able to use this because I'm eight. Yes. <laughs> so I it was right there at the cutoff line. Come okay, on. Okay. So so what do you say to people who are? I'm sure you've been asked this a thousand and one times. What do you say about the evilness of the Ouija board, or that it's opening portals to darkness and spirits and evil stuff? And you know what? What do you have to say about all that? You know, the thing about that is it's what we believe, really. Yeah. So come on. This right here is a Masonite board uh, with sticker on top of it. It has no warlock or witch or something evil or, or magical inside of it. It's just an inanimate object. Yep. So, th so that's usually where I start. Um, it's really about this is what, what I've learned over the years using this tool and working with people. It's I always say, what is your belief about the world? Are you a pawn to the world? Does the world influence you? Do you have some say in that as well? And are you able to be empowered? Do, do you give over your fear to a, a piece of cardboard or masonite or a piece of wood? Or are, do you want to explore and understand where that fear really comes from? Because what we find, and this is this comes from my good friend Gene Orlando from the Talking Board Historical Society. Uh, he coined the word Ouija stitions, like superstition, but yes. Ouija stitions. Yeah. So, all right, all these wonderful Ouija stitions, and you'll read about them on social media now. You'll, you'll find them online. Um, they're not so much in the older books of, of yesteryear, like in the early 1900s and mid 1900s, because they didn't have them out there. They weren't the Ouija stitions like this. Right. They were superstition, but not like we've got it today. So that's just where the fear develops for people. It's because of the hysteria, the mass hysteria pushed across social media platforms. And so people see anything with the Ouija board and they automatically assume, oh, that's evil. Yes. Now, let me back up. The church came out against the Ouija board at some times as well throughout the years. And there's one, for example, if you have the glow in the dark Ouija board, that one came out because the, originally the pink Ouija board made by Parker Brothers uh, which comes in a little pink attache case. I have it. It's in, it's my, it's actually hanging on my door over there. <laughs> anyway, the pink one came out first. And what happened was a lot of religious people got together and wrote to Parker Brothers and said, uh, they, actually at this time it was Hasbro. They wrote to Hasbro and said, you know, you, you shouldn't have this board. It's you're creating this evil negativity for little girls because it's pink. And they said, okay, we'll, we'll stop making it. And then they made the blow, the glow in the dark board, which is for everybody, <laughs> which right. everybody, everybody likes the glow in the dark board. So there's humor in that. Um, that you, it's, but people come out and say, you shouldn't be able to talk to spirits. How, how can you do that? 
And I'm thinking, well, how did Moses talk to spirits? He talked to a burning bush. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. How do angels come through and talk to people all the time and go, we all have these abilities to, as you know, Jeffrey, yeah. we all have these abilities to tap into these unseen dimensions and connect with spirit. But just so happens that I use the theatrics or the display or the showmanship, if you will, of a board. That's mm -hmm. my way of channeling. Mm -hmm. And so people people are okay with, oh, uh, dowsing rods or pendulums or crystal stones and uh, calling in your guides, but they're not okay when it comes to the board. Yes. And that's because there's been so many Ouija stations out there about it. Okay. That all makes so much sense. It really does. Mm -hmm. and, and so you we really have to get beyond uh, the fear porn. Mm -hmm. about this this tool mm -hmm. because that's what it is and if we look at how do we really feel about being able to connect with the unseen dimensions that's the that's it that's yep. the only question to ask yep. well i'm curious i'm excited to or that's not for me okay perfect let's move on if they say i'm curious and then i go well how do you want to do we'll say well i do it because i go to mediums and they can do it and i want to be a medium i go okay uh, but you wouldn't use the ouija board like no I'm like, mm. you can sit in a room because I know you're a medium. You can sit in a room and place your intentions to have that connection and open yourself to make those connections, which is the exact same thing you do with the board. Completely. It's just that I have a tool that you get to display. It's tangible. Yeah. Where you're the medium, you're, it's coming through you. And also the messages are coming through me too. I just allow it to display on the board through the connection. It's just another way of channeling. So people are, aren't looking at this realistically. They're looking at it from a place of fear. And yeah. that's what we have to get beyond. Mm -hmm. um, there doesn't have to be fear to anything with reaching into the unseen dimensions. However, if people have the fear, I say, you know what? Work on yourself. Work on this, this right here, this instrument of yourself, yeah. learning to be empowered in your life, empowered in your world. And then you might want to start exercising, playing around with tools. Because you don't need them, as you know, Jeffrey. Totally. You don't yep. need them. Yep. Yeah. But they're fun, you know. I mean, they're fun. The cards are pretty, yeah. and the crystals are pretty, and and the the boards are fun to you know move the planchet around. Watch that. Th oh, watching you channel with that board is something. I thank mean, you. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. It's 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 fun. I yeah. and you know what and and I say fun because I do like the theatrics of meaning the movie of it. People are saying, "Well, what are you pushing it around?" No, I'm not mm -hmm. literally pushing it myself. I'm letting go to allow the energies to connect. Now, is it a subconscious thing? I think quite possibly it could be a little edia motor, but I also believe I'm connecting with another energy that's external to myself. Yes. And therefore we're working together and it makes it move. I'm not pushing it, you guys, mm -hmm. but it looks like that because it moves so fluidly. And I just have usually this finger on there with my partner, Rodney. And he's like this with a few, he only uses a few fingers now. We're like this. Uh, when I start with somebody, I usually have all my fingers on there, at least, at least three, uh, six to eight, because mm -hmm. I'm like trying to, help with the energy and ground it and, and training and teaching people. But it does take time to get to that level where I'm at with how fast it works. And that's not with everybody I work with. That's only with the few people in my life who've been able to go to that level with me. And I think they definitely resonate with this tool. But yeah, it oh, is totally. fun to mm -hmm. see the display of it. But more than that, it's how I feel. When I channel and I'm feeling the guides come through, I'm bringing through messages that are so pertinent to people. It's I feel an unconditional love flowing through me. So I'm a little selfish about it. I really enjoy using this board because I get to be tapped into that yeah. and feel that. And it's just, I, it's, there's nothing like it's it. It's an amazing feeling. I know. Right. Yeah. It, that, I know that blending of the energies. Uh, wow. Yeah. It's, 
It's a, it's a high like no other. And yeah. you are high. Yeah. You're high of spirits. Mm-hmm. Uh, these kind of spirits, not these kind of spirits. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> um, okay, so to, to your channeling. Yeah. Uh, when you, you, Rodney, you said, right? You mm-hmm. and Rodney? When you guys yeah. get together and that thing moves so fast and you are calling out the letters as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards you read this big paragraph. Um, the messages coming through are so profound and so beautiful and so inspiring and hope-filled. Um, when did that start happening for you? Like when you realized you were getting more than uh, so-and-so's sister on the other right. side, you know, when, transitioned. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When did that start happening with you? It, it, you know, it didn't happen right out of the box. I was young and it was always, I, I thought, as most people do think that the Ouija boards are used just to communicate with those who have transitioned, passed mm-hmm. over. I hate to use the word die because you know they're not dead. Yep, yep. But that's what people thought. And that's what I thought from the age of eight till through about high school, college. And then in college, I started talking to quite a few different spirits. But at that point, I met a spirit guide. And she started talking to me about the afterlife. And I started learning a lot of things. But there definitely was a progression. And I'm going to answer your question here. There was progression. I'm explaining this for people. They understand that you don't expect for this tool to work, number one, right out of the box. Yep. And number two, to get these profound messages immediately. Having said that, it could. It worked uh, for me right out of the box. But I didn't get these profound messages that are that are like channeled from the highest um, uh, energies uh, from source. I, it's just it's source wisdom coming through where I'm actually so humbled and honored and touched. It's emotional because it's so beautiful. It's so loving. Uh, that didn't come until 1994. Okay. So what happened was this, and this is the progression that I find very curious. And I talk about this progression. A lot of the work I teach now, Jeffrey, is about how to make contact with your higher self first. Mm-hmm. And I do that on and off the board. So on the board, what happened was in 1989, I just got out of graduate school and I was becoming, well, I already was, I was a therapist, but I was getting my license and all that and working at a hospital with some other colleagues of mine. And there's a, there was a couple of people who were new in their careers as I was. And so I was in my mid, uh, mid to late twenties tw- uh, uh, in the 1990s. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So um, we got together and I said, Hey, you know, I love using this Ouija board. It's fun, but I want to try an experiment. Would you guys be okay with it? They're like, sure. What do you want to do? And I said, well, I'd really like to use it to talk to our higher self. And they're like, what, <laughs> what? And I said, well, it's like a Carl Jung concept. It's like talking to that part of you. That's, that's your greatest self, your inner self, but it exists beyond your corporal existence, beyond your body. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it goes back and touches the divine. It's that all knowing, all seeing, wise part of yourself. They said, "Well, that sounds like fun. That's you know sci-fi. Let's do it." I go, and and they were good. They were they really humored me in a sense. But then right away we got in touch with our higher selves, and we did that pretty much on and off for about four years. Although we had different visitors come through on the board. I'm talking about what happened was this: once we made contact with our higher self, which we did quite a bit, and I write about it a lot of it in one of my books, the the spirit of uh, spirits of Ouija. And then I took that concept and continued it further into the spirit of alchemy, because I think it's so important to make this contact with this greater part of yourself. Because once we did that, then we had this channel open to allow other wonderful, loving beings to come through. And the angels started coming through. I never even thought to talk to the angels before on the board. Right. And they just, they came, they introduced themselves to me. It was like, now I was ready. And my friends were too. We were prepped and prepared. And my mind was open to the possibility. 
And then the angels came through. And then you guys, extraterrestrials came through. And I'm like, what do I do with this? This is like 1989, 1990, 91, 92, 93. And I'm like, where do I put this? Wow. I mean, social yeah. media wasn't even around. I mean, we had mm-hmm. dial up AOL at 8990 because I belong to it. And you, it, it was dial up, you guys, regular telephone. And you couldn't be like chat rooms. It was like a real quick chat. You didn't have what we have. It was not social media. I wasn't out there with in learning this stuff. I was just being a therapist. Okay. And yeah, I did have ex- interest in reading different things because of, of the experiences I had growing up about spiritual matters and extraterrestrials and, and things of that nature. But then they started coming through and telling me some things. I wrote them down. I look at today. They're on ancient aliens. These, some of the stuff they told me, I'm like, are you freaking kidding really? me? Oh yeah. Like the planet of Maldek that blew up and these beings were talking to me. He said, this is the planet we're from. We came to earth. This planet got blown up. Our planet became part of the asteroid belt. I'm like, what? And at the time I just put it away and said, I don't want to do this. I really want to talk to angels and let's see if we can talk to spirit guides now. And I just put the extraterrestrials away at that time. I didn't know, I didn't know how to place it in my reality. Um, although I believed in them, I just wasn't ready to go there. I went, I, I have gone there since, yes. but what happened was this, the angels came through and then other ethereal beings started coming through. And there was one that came through called what well, we, we called it the big one. Now, this is a different board partner of mine. Rodney was a board partner since, uh, I don't know, 2014 uh, until now. But we don't really we don't really get together as much anymore because we live in different states. Yeah. Although we do get together, we use the board. But um, this was a whole different partner it was who was very good at using it, too. And this one, the big one came through. And it had no name, but we called it the big one because at this point, the messages were coming through that were very um, poignant, um, starting to be very beautiful, and um, messages for humanity. We're yeah. like, oh my God, we'll just call you the big one. And then the big one said, after just a little bit of time, it was, a, I think, two or three months had passed. And the big one said, now I'm going to introduce you to the, your spirit guides that'll be with you, Karen, for the rest of your life. I'm like, okay, <laughs> great. I, I'm excited, you know? And they'd always been with me, but these are the ones I called the guides, Jeffrey, uh-huh. that you know about. And when mm-hmm. you watch the YouTube channel, these are the ones that always come through. So that was in 1994. And that's the the profoundness of the, the messages have been like that since then. And what I found in the beginning, and I'll explain this to the audience, on the Ouija board, you have a sun and a moon on the corners of a traditional Ouija board. Yes. And the planchette would always go up to the moon and go in a circle and come down and start talking. And when that one was done, it was stop in the middle. Then the planchette would go up to the sun, spin around and then come down and start talking. And they, the flowing of the two energies flowed very, very differently. So I separated them out as two different individual spirits and they wouldn't go, this is who we are. It was always the process of the messages were good. So you, you listen to the message and the message resonate. That's why I'll continue my conversations. They didn't go, oh, we are these beings of source wisdom. That took a while to get to that point. I had separated them out into what I would call just the moon and the sun, a very feminine energy, a masculine energy felt like a really nice balance of the masculine feminine energies that I read about in my books too, mm-hmm. which is the duality of consciousness, duality of, of the third dimension. And so there's a beautiful, you know, a feeling behind those two energies coming together. Sure. And I only thought there were two, but as I progressed in myself and my own levels of learning and teaching as therapist and speaking and all the things I do in writing, what happened was they merged together and they said, now we want you to know we are truly a collective group of beings. We come from source. We are source. We're an extension of source. The thing that separates us from you is that we remember who we are. You forgot. 
Oh. And then, so that's where the messages come from a source space space. And it's a group of souls that have never been born in a body. And that, that took about, I don't know, 15, 20 years to, to even understand that. Do you know how many? Um, no. And when I think I know a number, like I'll go, Oh, it was seven or eight. It's like, no new incomes. Then it's, it's it, to me, it feels like it could be endless because mm-hmm. it's like all this wise. There's so many souls out there. Everyone ever understand that are not born in a body uh, or it's a human body. Yes. There's souls that are born in extraterrestrial bodies and all their interdimensional bodies, but there's, there's souls that never get born into a body. They're of pure light. And that's what I find this group brings with it. Now, if they brought somebody forth that was actually in a body before, I, I'd be cool. That'd be, that'd be like, oh, bring it on. Because I haven't learned that yet. But mm-hmm. what I find is this process is it's an uncovering, a remembering and uncovering. That's a lifelong process. Yes. Yeah. New ones come through all the time. And then just when I think I got it covered, uh, there's from left field. I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, we're part of the group. We've been in the background. And then I found out, then I found out when I wrote my book and it was published in 2015, The Spirit of Alchemy, that my imaginary playmate, which wasn't imaginary, named Daki, was part of this group. And he was one of the first ones that presented himself when I was a child. Wow. And he's in the group now, but he takes a back seat. So I don't really see him very or hear from him very often. It's so cool how it came full circle. Oh, full circle. Decky came back, wrote a big part of that book in the beginning and at the end. He just channeled it directly through me. I had a record. It was coming so fast. Wrote it out. It's this beautiful poem he wrote. Uh, in the front and the back of the book. And um, it's how the story starts and how the story's in. And it is full circle. It's full, it's full circle. It's so amazing. Beautiful. Wow. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's just, it's surreal. And it's like, but yet so real, you know, it's like uh, the childhood friend that you had way back then that you still have today. Oh, that's amazing. Right. And I, I thought this was my mom told me, she goes, you got to quit talking to somebody who's not there. I said, well, he's right here. She goes, I can't see him. He's not there. You're making your, you're playing make believe or pretend you're very creative. I said, no, he's right here. He wants to, t-. she says, what? He doesn't talk. I don't see him. She goes, you need to stop that. You're going to go to cl- school. And you got to stop that because your kids are going to make fun of you. And I went, oh, I don't want that. Right. I just wanted to be a big kid. I couldn't wait to go to school. And my brother, my older brother was going and I go, I so want to go. And she goes, well, you, you can't do that. So I told Daki, I said, I said, we got to stop. I, I, my mom says this, I got to stop. He's like, okay. He didn't fight me and he left. And the his whole story's in the book. It's pretty amazing how just it's in the very beginning and is at the end because he comes back at the end of the book and ties it together for me and gave me a part of the story I never even knew until I finished writing. Well, at the very end, when I finished writing the book where he popped in and said, I, I, I won't say I don't ruin the story because it's a story within a story. Yes. And how he's always been around me. It's just ridiculous. Oh, and so- um, yeah, it's it, things keep unfolding. This is what this is why I do what I do. Oh, totally. Being able to, yeah, to being able to tap into the unseen dimensions where benevolent beings exist who have our best interest at heart. And these could be spirit guides, angels, transitioned people. It, the list goes on, interdimensionals, extraterrestrials, the list goes on and on. on but and to on. reach out and know that they're there to help you and assist you, because being a, being a human is they know it's one of the hardest, all these different species know it's one of the hardest things to do. It's and a if tough they can, gig. <laughs> oh, it's a tough gig. You, that's the best way of saying it. it's a tough gig. And if they can support us in some way, they will. And it's not that they're not going to live our life. You know this, Jeffrey. Yeah. 
They're not going to live our life. They're not going to tell us what to do, but they may give us some insights. They mm -hmm. may help us look at some things differently. And then people mm -hmm. go, well, they told me to do this. I go, no, they give you ideas. And then you decided on your own volition to go to do this. If somebody in the other dimensions tell you what to do, you must do this. It's not of the light. It's not mm -hmm. the kind of energies you want to work with. Yeah, now everybody's in the light. So I don't want to get people confused, but it's not of the caliber of light of the purity of the love of the love light that you really want to want to work with. But yeah, they're, they're, they're there to help us. And so I do this because I found that some of my most profound um, ways of communicating and knowing love and helping people find that for themselves, uh, feeling empowered, uh, understanding that I'm not alone has been the highlights of my life and to help others find that not necessarily with the Ouija board though the Ouija board was one, one of my tools and, and my main tool mm -hmm. but to find this these connections if people so choose why do they say why why well because when you have these connections you begin to see that there's things that are synchronistic yeah. things are really orchestrated behind the scenes and you're a big part of that and they are too, and they will help you navigate your life, not necessarily make your life smoothly smooth, but to navigate it where you're not so reactive and everything's yes. against you and you're a pawn. It's just, it's a part of empowerment because we are creators. We are the divine expressing itself through us. We are God, we are source an extension of that energy. And then when we begin to remember that, reclaim it, it's amazing how this world shifts and you see it and live in it a different way. It's so true. Yeah, it's, it's like you said, it's empowering. It's, well, it's life-changing. I mean, it's just, it, let's it be is. clear. It's just completely life-changing. And, um, oh, okay, so I wanted to ask you, going back to your childhood, when you were a little girl and talking to your little friend, did you mm -hmm. see him with your objective, with your oh, eyes? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he was external, totally external. Um, he could also change, shapeshift into different sizes. He could be really small. Like, I remember he could be this small or he could be as big as myself, which might have been, you know, two and a half, three feet. Sure. I saw him, I saw him since the age of two. And I remember we would talk, we'd play, like he'd be a friend playing with me. And I had friends, you guys. It wasn't like I was a loner. I had I had an older brother and my younger brother was just, I think at that point, we just born when I was four. I had an older brother who was a couple, two and a half years older. And I had all these friends. We lived on base, all these friends. I played with friends and I had my Barbie dolls and friends and all that stuff. It's just that this guy, and it was, it felt masculine, a male, like a little sprite. He even looks like a little elf, the way he dressed. And I think he came that way. He's never explained that to me. Although he did tell me he's like a Sprite. He has that Sprite energy, like elemental energy. Mm -hmm, he mm -hmm. came that way because it was easy as me as a child to accept it. And also to be more my size. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. Or smaller. And then we just play with my toys and games. And the guide said, you know, you used to ask, they tell me this to this day. Cause my mom's like, she, I go, what did I say? She goes, I don't know. You're just over there talking to something. I don't know what you're saying. And I go, well, why don't you record it? she's like, I didn't believe you. She believes me now. She yeah. totally believes me now. Yeah. And I was like, Oh God, I would have loved that on recording. Oh, and the no guy kidding. Said, well, right. And the guide said, well, we used to ask some questions like, who are these people who say you're, they're your parents? You're like, I don't have parents. Who are these people that say they're my parents? You'd ask questions. They told me you'd ask questions like that. And I went, wow, I did. Because I don't remember cow. asking that. But they said, yeah, you didn't understand why you were there. And who are these people telling you what to do? You had your own life. <laughs> yes. At the age of two to five, I was doing this, you guys. It was strange. Yeah. But amazing. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I'm glad he's still with me. And I'm glad he's part of the collective. It's amazing. Yeah. It is totally amazing. amazing. 
So when you are teaching people, uh, do you do you teach groups? Uh, uh, do you, like I know you you're close to Sedona, so you must go to Sedona often. Mm -hmm. Can you teach groups yeah, how to use it together? And I know I, I haven't done it since I was well, thirteen or fourteen or oh gosh. Or and That's I a did, long time ago. Yeah, it has been a long time. I have one. It doesn't look like that, though. It's it's like a, mm, I think it's called an angel board now. It's like, a, oh, okay. I have an know. angel board too. There are, there's, is it the Ann Stokes angel board? There's a, I mean, I usually, we know all the boards. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't even, I haven't even seen it for years, but it's just, I got it from England. Oh, it's, it's Gabby Ann Stokes. She's from England. Okay. Uh, it's a beautiful board. Um, it is. Two angels flanking the yep. side. Yep. That's at Sam Stokes. It's a beautiful board. I don't have that one, but a lot of my friends do. I have a board over here. It's an archangel board that a psychologist made, and she would use it, even teach her clients how to use it and send it to me. Um, so she was totally uh, really cool with the awesome. idea of channeling this way, which I yeah. find amazing. But yeah, I do teach people. Um, what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm doing a lot of Con uh, conventions, a lot of, mm -hmm. lot of paracons, a lot of other like, spiritual conventions. And I'm teaching in group typically. I, but I will sit down with people when I'm teaching in the groups and, and either sit down with their partnership, the one I work with and put my fingers on the planchette or sit down with somebody solely to help them feel the movement. If they want to use this tool, cause I take it very seriously. It, it could really be a great channeling device. Now I am speaking of Sedona. I'm going to be up there at the uh, Ascension Sedona Ascension retreat in March. March 17th and the 19th. It's super exciting. I'm, I'm excited about this one because um, it'll be my first time being at that event, but also because coast to coast, George Norrie will be there with Tommy Danheiser. I just got off the phone with Tammy, Tommy before this talk, because he was confirming that I'm going to be one of their speakers at the, um, the, the, he's doing a big panel. It's like a awesome. stage show panel. We'll be yeah. talking about Ascension. So they asked me, invited me to go up on stage and be one of their speakers at that. Well, I'll be a speaker with my own talk about connecting with your higher self. Mm -hmm. And then I'm teaching, I'm teaching how to use the board to connect with your spirit guides and higher self right after my talk. So it's going to be Gosh, it's gonna be a great weekend. There's a oh, lot of great speakers there. That yeah. is a great weekend. Yes, I, you'd be like, you'd be in heaven because you'd be like, this is oh, all your stuff. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's, it it's gonna be great. If, if people are interested in going to Sedona, they they this is a time to go to this event. Um, she's done it eight years in a row. I hear it's really good. I've been talking to the leader of it. Suzanne Ross is her name. And she's just an incredible lady. I was just blown away with what she knows. And she does a lot of work with the higher self too. And I was pretty stoked about that. So it, it's going to be not, not just all like spiritual, spiritual, but it's also going to be about UFOs. There's a UFO Skywatch, which I believe is actually spiritual too. There's going to be vortex, yeah. vortice tours, uh, people talking about all different like DNA activation, past lives, remote viewing, uh, 5D, 5 uh, 5d all this really cool stuff so sure. i'm excited so uh when i met you at the afterlife conference in scottsdale yes. in 20 uh what 16 or 17 um yeah it was that seven i mm, gosh you guys it's been a long time yeah. I, was it 18 it it could have been it, yeah i, I, it was I went two years in a row I uh, right i can't remember and i and i went only one year so, so I, okay I met, so, I met you the last year they did it is it like that where you choose different classes through different yes. parts of the day and you go to one room for this and another room for that while everything's going on simultaneously? Well, not really. So there will be two stages going on simultaneously. So the talks, you have to really pick and choose. The workshops are owning one at a time. So you ah. can pick. 
You can go many workshops if you wanted to. Just every day you can do like after the talk, speakers have talked, then you can go do the workshops. Um, so yeah, I mean, if people are interested, go to my website under events, appearances and events. I have a flyer on it. Um, and I can even offer people 10% off their tickets. If you, if you type in Karen 10 at checkout, but yeah, it's, it's going to be where it's there at that conference that you're talking about the afterlife conference. It, we had to compete with a lot of different rooms. Yeah. So it got hard. You didn't get to see everybody you wanted hard. to see. Mm -hmm. It was hard. This is, this is laid out a little more calmer where you can go, Oh, I want to go hear this speaker. And then I also want to go to Karen's class. And I want, and you could do that. And you go, awesome. well, I'm gonna take a break and go on Vortice tour. Yeah, so you get a little, a little simultaneously, uh, but not on the bigger workshops, right? Where you, yeah. there's, there's like three of them that you really want to go to, but you can only choose one, and you're like, oh, rats, so hard. You know? I felt yeah. like that too, and I was a speaker, but I was like, I'll go to the workshops too, and I was like, God, I can only pick one or two. It was hard. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's yeah. that's difficult. Now the other thing about this event, I I won't be able to go to attend the, the events or the workshops because. I will be vending at my table, be selling my books. And so I really need to stay put. So mm -hmm. that's typically how I do my events. The other events I travel around, around to, the paranormal events, those are really cool because it's only one person on stage at a time and there's no com competition. Mm -hmm. And the workshops are at different times. And then, but then I'm always at my table. So those are pretty, those are hard. <laughs> I love them, but it's there. You got to sit and be focused the whole time. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, I wanted to go to the paranormal. Uh, yeah. I know you've been doing a lot of the paranormal um, investigations with um, with Patrick and, yes. and his gang in in Missouri, and 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 I just I love to watch you guys together. Uh oh. What? Uh -oh. <laughs> okay, that did you hear that? Yes. <laughs> what? I don't, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> I was that a phone? <laughs> no, uh, one of the buttons just uh, on my my uh, roadcaster, my my roadcaster pro. You know the the sounds. Yes. Uh, one of you the know buttons what's funny? just pushed. We were just talking about Patrick. It's probably about Patrick and his friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know we have the best time. Um, Patrick and I share very similar humor. Yes. And we like to be silly and goofy, but also be serious. And we also really enjoy the paranormal. We enjoy playing with the different tools. Mm -hmm. um, and he's, you know, he's intrigued with the Ouija board too. Mm -hmm. And the friends, the, all the friends that, that come to these events, um, they're into this stuff too. And we just love Steve and Judy who own the Haunted Castle House. And that's the one we just went to again recently. And um, we brought some new people with us. You know, it was just Patrick and I, we brought some new people with us that are into it. It was just a blast yeah, on all like levels. That. You know, a blast on just having, fun. see, this is what I say when you do the paranormal and you're in the unseen dimensions and you're really, you know, enjoying making these EVP or get capturing EVPs or talking on the Ouija board, or maybe capturing some kind of spirit on a camera or something you can't explain. That's all fun, but it's serious. It requires a lot of energy. So to have the downtime or interject it with the fun time, I think that's so important. And what the guides always told me, people said, well, you, you know, when you talk to the board, how do you do this? I go, they tell me to have humor. They tell me to laugh, to raise my vibration. In fact, they'll say funny things on the board to us to make us laugh or, or Roddy and I play off each other too. We're funny as like Patrick and I am together. It, we, well, at least we think we are. You are. You are. <laughs> well, okay. We think, I, I go, we think we are. I don't know if that's true, but we think we're funny. And we don't care. And so when we, we do that, it's like the energy raises and it makes it so much easier to allow the energy to come through. 
Because when you're happy or in a joyful state, I don't care if it's silly, happy, slap, happy, serious, happy, what kind of funny yeah. humor, it's like you take your vibration higher. And yep. when your vibration resonates at a place where you just kind of open up and let go, ah, it, it has ability to come through and you to receive it. Higher vibrations and frequencies bring in these energies a lot more smoothly and easily. Yes. easier i should say mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that's why i really enjoy working with patrick because we have a nice balance of those two things going on and then we end up getting something <laughs> yeah you do mm -hmm. do you use the do you use the board when you're at uh investigating houses i do i do that's my tool and um and we used it there i i find when i come because because my background of using the tool i will do a lot of training i do a lot of teaching and i'll sit down with people who are new at using it which is fine mm -hmm. and then we'll we, but, but we had some really cool things happen with the board i had somebody there i don't know if he wants me to mention his name but i'll just say one of the guys there he um uh, um anyway <laughs> it's like i don't know he's one of patrick's friends he brought and he's one of my friends too and he sat down at the board and he wasn't sure if he should do it he was felt he had a fear about it just from what he's heard in the past. Mm -hmm. it, once he had watched me do it with Marla and I did it a little bit with Steve and Judy and he was watching and, and we're talking about the spirits. He's like, you know, I want to, I want to sit down with you. I go, let's do it. His spirit guy was chatty, came right through. We got messages. They were like smaller sentences, not like the verbose paragraphs that I might get with Rodney, but right. they were definitely um, sentences that had a relevant meaning to him, which I I knew nothing. Oh, <laughs> I go, you're breaking beautiful. It. I go, no. it was beautiful. And so he went out immediately when he got home. He bought himself a board on eBay. He got himself a really it was a nice uh, a board like this one back here, the big one. Yep. And it was in great shape. I was like, yeah, get that one. So he's doing it. On, was working to do it on with his partner now. Yeah. So I do use the board. I usually teach. Um, and then when I go to some events, I'm, I'm actually brought these events to host part of the investigations. And what that means is in my room where I'm investigating, we'll have the Ouija boards. And then, or talking boards, spirit boards, and then people will sit around and try to bring through messages from that place where we're at, or even mm -hmm. from the, wherever their their loved ones, or even their higher self. We don't know. We I I open it up to all of that for them, yeah. and I, and sometimes we'll find the story with happened to them in one room, or the EVP continue in my room. So That's we, we going to ask, yeah, yeah, five or six stations, and then people rotate through, and we even this is really cool, Jeffrey. One, and this is in the UK. This is about three or four years ago. It was probably my second time being there. It was my second time being there. Yes, about three years ago. Um, we had a group of people come into the room and this these two were working together as a partnership on the board. And they got a message with a name for somebody and has a message from a sister. And they got, I don't know what this means. They go, it doesn't mean anything to me, nothing to them. And I always tell people to take your messages with you and look at them later. Well, they left their message on the table. Oops. They didn't take it. Mm -hmm. The next group comes in, sits down and the lady picks up and starts reading. She starts crying. She goes, Oh my God, this is my brother. This is my brother's wife. This is the person who died. She knew Shut exactly. Up. Yes. <laughs> they were supposed to leave it behind. Right. Oh. And I'm like, take your message. And, they, and I thought if they, you know, I always allow those things to happen. Okay. I'm not going to push anybody. Yep, yep. And the lady sat down and then they got a message for somebody that wasn't even in the room that came in at, like an hour later, came in that room. It, it, we've had some interesting things like that happen. And this is with people that are not experienced at this tool. So I can tell you it, these, these awesome experiences are be had by anybody, not just somebody who's been using it for 50 years. Yeah. 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 Oh, that is amazing. Yeah, I so things like, so I, there's much. stories after stories like that. We mm -hmm. we just always, and I pay attention when I'm in groups like this, because I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be at the front 
explain it, teach it. And I'll sit down and walk around and help people get him, get it to work. And then I'm watching these messages come through. And it, sometimes there, sometimes it's gibberish, you guys. Don't get upset if you only get gibberish. At least you've got movement. If you mm-hmm. get movement, that's 80% of it. Eventually the gibberish will clear up into concise words and, and a format like sentences that make sense. So some of these people get sentences right away. And they're, the stuff they get is like, are you kidding me? I mean, it, it's that profound, like for somebody sitting next to them or their partner and the, they don't know each other. It's unique stuff like that mm-hmm. where you can actually validate and say, "We're, you know, whose is this? I <laughs> mean, it's, it's like, well, that's, that's me. That's yeah. me next. That's sitting next to you. That's for me. We've had that happen many times. So wow. yeah, it's crazy. It's so cool. It's fun. Uh-huh. Now, one of the things that see people go, um, should I use it alone? And I say in my book, one books, I say, I don't recommend it mostly for kids because they can get obsessed with this. And some adults can too. Now, how do I know this? Because I've seen it and I use the board quite a bit when I was in college, but I had one college friend who would use it every day would skip classes. Now that's extreme because, you know, you're paying money to go to class. She's, she was on a scholarship, a tennis scholarship. She's not going to class. She's going to ruin her scholarship and, and everything else. Yeah. And I'm thinking, why are you doing this? And she just wouldn't stop. Finally, I think she did. I don't know. She grew up and moved on and she's okay now. But I was worried because it's like you, it's like when you give your power over to, and at this point, we're all kind of new at using the board. I mean, not me. I've been using it at that point, 16 years, but these people were. Mm-hmm. And to give their power over to something they're talking to, not go to class and just want to do the board, yes. a spirit guy would say, I'm done. You go to class. Okay. Yes. yes. So I was like, "You, this is wrong. That's what I told her. Yeah. I said, this is wrong. And she didn't want to listen to me. But anyway, I I, I told my friends, I said, we, we, we limit our time on this. <laughs> Something in me just told me you just don't want to do it too much. So my book, I will say that in the in this book, The Spirits of Ouija, mostly because of younger kids. I don't want them to get to just rely on the messages too much because what the spirit guides have told me, the ones I called the guides, they said, you know, there's a there's you're excited to work with us. You're excited to do this work in the other dimensions. They've told me this for years. They said, we so appreciate your enthusiasm. We also want to remind you that you chose to be in a human form. You chose to be in a body. And that is the priority while you're there to be a spiritual being, but in a physical body because yes. you chose that. And so that's life. when people get right. And this is when people get too in the clouds with their spirituality and forget mm-hmm. they're here to be human mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. have the trials and tribulations of life and to learn from them and to be, and to be laugh and funny and silly and stupid and all the yeah. things we do because yeah. you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be human. And yeah. they, and I love the fact that it reminds us of that. And it's always, for me, it's always been a, an honor um, to work in these dimensions, but also an honor to be here alive Yes, in this mm-hmm. dimension. Oh, completely. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it, it reminds me of the people uh, talking about your roommate um, that was mm. using the board every day. Um, it reminds me of the people who, the oracle abusers, I call them. The people that have to talk to a psychic uh-huh. over every single decision that they have to make. That they're, 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 or the person that they meet. They got to talk to the psychic and find out if this is the one. Uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's that constant uh, giving up your own power to the oracle, to the person or the board, like you were saying. And you're right. Any guides would be like, yeah, no, it's time to go back to school. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> enough of that. Out. Peace out. It's Patrick. Peace out. As Patrick always says. <laughs> yes. Um, it, it's, it's, it's true. And um, so I work on a psychic hotline. I think I told you that too. I work on a psychic hotline. I've been doing that for about three and a half years now. And it's called Everclear. 
So anyway, okay. <laughs> so I work on there and I, and I do it because um, it really gave me a practice to channel because mm -hmm. I was working on channeling off the board. And so when I do my readings, I'm actually channeling and off the time, but I'm doing that. And I'm allowed to channel. I'm not allowed to do mediumship there. So I don't do mediumship, but I channel and I'll say, and I'll talk to spirit guides or my guides and I'll say, here's a message for you. And so I, I, my, a lot of my readings go that way with people on that, on there, but I have noticed people that will want to book appointment with you or get you whenever you're online and I do my best to say, to teach, <laughs> to say, yes, you, you've called me for now. Let's look at maybe what you feel is the next step. And mm -hmm. so it becomes kind of therapeutic. I always mm -hmm. call it Ouija therapy mm -hmm. because the bottom line is this. We are here to grow and evolve. And if we keep relying on somebody else, whether it's a human or a spirit or whatever to tell us what to do, it's like we're missing the point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we're mm -hmm. going to repeat this. We're missing the point. And the beauty of, as guys always say, we're never going to tell you the answer. We're never going to tell you everything you want to know, because guess what? You're not going to go, go along the journey. This is the sweetest part of life is the journey. And I go, oh, you're not going to tell me. Oh my God. Because I'm like asking a question. I, and I pushed him. I pushed him. And asked Rodney. He goes, she pushes him. I go, come on, just tell me. And they're like, we're not going to, because um, if we do, we become soothsayers. We become a prophetist or prophesiers. Yes. He said, but that's not what we're here to do. We're here to help you develop your skills mm -hmm. and so i find i find myself doing that myself being very therapeutic with people when they come to me for readings yeah. whether it's a, a zoom reading or one of these readings i do when i do the 20 minute uh, audio recording or online mm -hmm. through the psychic hotline it's like i'm always trying to teach and train for people to find ways to empower themselves and i gotta say jeffrey that's probably the therapist in me coming out yeah. but regardless it's the right thing to it do. Is. It, it absolutely is yeah. it's, it's it's awesome to remind people that mm -hmm. that they have the their own, their own capability their own divine connection that to, to ask the questions that they're asking us you know mm -hmm. they can ask those questions within and get those answers themselves that's right and i know you're gonna go oh well, I'm, not, I'm not as good as you it, well, I wasn't as good either in the beginning, yeah. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. You too. We have, we have to work at it and hone mm -hmm. our craft and it does mm -hmm. take time. And it, it, it just, I tell people, they go, what can I do to get better? And I go, what you could do to get better is to find empowerment within yourself first, mm -hmm. start within yourself. If you yeah. could find that. And for me, I did a lot of light work, a lot of work of literally light. It wasn't Reiki. Um, although I have friends who've done Reiki, mine was just light work. I would envision the light within me. It's very alchemical kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And I envision the light expanding within my body until I could literally see it and feel it and then expand it out and learn ways to develop the divine light coming in and my own divine, yes. divine light happening within myself. Cause you don't need an external source. I do. That it's too. all within here. Yeah. I do that but, too with the light. Yeah. Do you too? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, do. how how does yours work? What do you do? I start with the light on my inside, and that light expands until I am sitting in a bubble of of light, and then simultaneously a column of light will go from my crown to the middle of heaven, and then from my base to the middle of the earth. That's beautiful. And bounce back, meeting here, and three times. Ah. And and then by the by the third time, it's like visually I can see myself like floating almost in the universe, so to speak. You know what mm. I mean? That kind of um, ethereal, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. That where you, where you, no, I, I, I get it, you know, and mm-hmm. I didn't finish it because that's interesting. So this is what I do. This is the full thing. So I do the light within and it starts with my heart and then I grow it and I imagine it a light. It's usually like a white or a yellow. It doesn't matter what color people say it does for me. It doesn't because mm-hmm. it starts to shift sometimes. And then it goes around my body, like you said, and then it reaches out till it gets so large that it encompasses like the universe too. Yep, yep. And I go into the earth. Right. And then at that point, that's when the divine light comes through, which is what I was spending working with in here. And then I imagine the Makaba around me, oh, the yes. star tetrahedron. And I imagine it spinning. And I just started doing this. Then I found out this is actually a technique. <laughs> I just started doing this. The guys had talked to me about this little bubble of light. They said, go to the bubble of light, the one you create, mm-hmm. and spin it. We'll meet you there. And this is how I started channeling. So I'd spin the light. And I was in the middle of it and that would grow and expand out. And then all of a sudden, boom, they were there. Now I don't see the guides, but the light was that much sweeter and brighter and I could feel them. Yeah. And so then we were together and then that's when they started teaching me how to channel. And that's how they taught me to how to start reaching into other dimensions, like interdimensions, uh, ultra dimensionals, like extraterrestrials through that whole process, but doing it out into the universe. Like you were saying, Sweet. I'm actually yep. literally in space Yes, doing this. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. We never talked about that before. Mm-hmm. That's very fascinating mm-hmm. that you do something very similar. And did you, did you come upon this? you just yourself. Did you just start to develop this? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just like intuitively, I just kind of like, yeah, it, it just made sense to me, I guess, you know, it just like I somewhere inside me, I knew how to do this or yeah. I don't know. I know. I, I, I agree. I, I mean, I learned some techniques from different things. And then the guys were telling me, give me insight. And then I love alchemy. I studied alchemy and I still do. And I thought about the alchemical fire with it. And I just, so I put everything together yeah. mm-hmm. and, and that's, and it evolved over the years. And, and I want people to hear this too, because they go, what do I do? How do I do this? And, and it's not like you go, you must do one, two, and three to right. get to four. You might go A, Z, P, D, Q, and I mean, like jump all over, bring together what works for you. And then it becomes your own. Totally. And then you find your empowerment in it. But yeah, study with different people. Like yeah. I've studied like different kinds of, of meditation processes, different mm-hmm. ways of opening a third eye, um, mm-hmm. Native American spirituality, different, different techniques I've learned over the years. Um, there's, I used to take this light and color class from this wonderful yoga teacher back in the early nineties in uh, Texas. Um, and he taught me a lot like psychometry and how to work with those, some lights and the chakra. And yeah. yeah, so just study and then go, what makes sense for me? Exactly. And make, yeah. And then it becomes your own. And then in that process, you find your own empowerment. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It's true. And, and, and I like how you, I like how you verbalize that because it reminded me of, I used to see a hypnotherapist uh, as my ah. therapist, you know, instead yeah, of yeah. going to a counselor, I would see, I would see my hypnotherapist and, and each week she would do a, a different um journey i guess with me and there was one particular journey she was doing where i was walking down this path and she told me that that the path forked off into two directions one left and one right in that moment i went straight ahead and made my own path ah interesting yeah so uh that's what i was you know hearing what you were saying and how you were advising people to you know learn but mm-hmm. then develop your own path, you know, find what, what whatever works for you, whatever, whatever hits you on the inside is totally right. Yes. It, it, that's so important. But, um, and, and see, I studied art in, in undergraduate, my, I have an undergraduate degree in art, studio art, studio art, and then a graduate degree in art psychotherapy. So I have a lot of art background to me, at least in, in my college years in graduate school. So, um, studying art, I, 
I always have played around with art materials. I never had an art class in my life, but I've always pretty been pretty good at it. And I, mm -hmm. I just enjoy materials. But when I got into college, I actually took studio classes. Like you had to paint this way and use watercolors this way. And I was like, well, that's not how I use them. But I was starting to fail in some of these classes. They're like, you can't use watercolors that way. I'm like, <laughs> so I realized I had to learn the techniques. And I think it's so important to learn yes. the practice, the techniques, what other teachers, this guy was a master uh, at, at doing watercolors. And you could watercolors could be really muddy. Mm -hmm. And mine were a little money, but I had, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't care. He's like, that's not going to get you an A in this class. So I remember having to just really learn those techniques. And then I could excel. I had to learn those techniques. And then in art therapy, it's funny. I had, a, then I learned to deconstruct the techniques because I learned all these techniques, of how to work the clay and, and when you could use the clay for how to work with people with clay and what certain personalities or diagnoses work better with clay, what personalities work better with watercolors or, or what kind of media works best with which you know interesting and i had learned all that but then then in art therapy I had to learn to now just let them make a mess because that was also part of the process not trying to make perfect art so everything i had learned i had to deconstruct and now just back to where i was full circle again yeah. and it allowed the people to not be afraid of the art materials but yet if they said i really want this to have a, the light shining on it how do i do that then i could show them Mm -hmm. And they could put that success in their, their image, but yet it wasn't about that, that success is about what they were, why they needed help to do that or why they thought they had to do it that way. It was a whole much psychological thing going on behind the art wow. But we got into that, but I at least had the tools. So that's what I'm telling people. The, the analogy here is get the tools, study, yes. train with people. And then when you feel like you've, you've got a lot of it and, and you've got your own way to do it, then do it, then do it <laughs> and have fun with it. Enjoy totally it. Totally have fun with it. Absolutely. Going back to the ETs, the extraterrestrials. Oh, yes. Do you, do, are they back? Like, do you talk to them on the regular in real life now? I don't talk to them regularly, although I wish I would. I wish I could. Um, they, they've come through the board a few times. Um, I've ready to go down a rabbit hole. I'm not going to share too much about this yeah, story. Yeah. I'll just say I had a, had a visitation to... to Two different groups of beings in 2019. And that's all I'm gonna say right now, but that's in my book I'm working on now. Okay. Um, where they came literally physically externally. Whereas a child, I used to kind of externally. I would see them at night in my room, and I would I would almost be scared because I didn't understand what was going on. Sure. And my parents told me it's all fake. You're making it up. And when I knew it was, so I had this weird dichotomy going on at home. Like that's not real, but yeah, they are. They're scaring the shit out of me. What do I do? They're like, don't don't cry. There's no reason to cry. You know. So I had that weird stuff going on as a kid. But I also had beings when I was a kid that would come literally and I physically would see them with my eyes. Now I'm only talking about beings that I see with my eyes right now these ex extraterrestrials they're all extraterrestrials there's one group that were more i would say interdimensionals but they would be considered also a extraterrestrial race they're called the guardians they're the ones that came to me and i talk about them um i talk about them in my spirit of alchemy a little bit i haven't gone into full detail but they're the ones that actually would come and put a presence they were huge they fill the doorway a great light and I could uh, felt like they felt like they had voices to them. I could hear them, but it was telepathic. And it also felt like they could be, I can say what gender they were. It was interesting. I could say that was, I felt masculine. That felt feminine. It was almost like with the Ouija board. I could, but at this point, you guys, when I, they first came to me, I wasn't using the Ouija board. We're like talking five, six, seven, sure. and eight. And then when I used the Ouija board, that's, they kind of dropped off a few years later, but they came back. I haven't seen them, but they came back um, in terms of the Ouija board. They talked to me, but I have been seeing them. Um, the extraterrestrials throughout my whole life, 
it's like, I don't control it. I can't control it. I try to call them in. They don't always come, That's but I, I will tell you, this, yeah, they don't, they don't. And I asked the guides about, it and they said, well, you know, everybody has free will. And they said, it's one, one of the recent groups of beings that came to visit me, which um, I just adore. Um, they, <laughs> they, they will come on the board. Sometimes they say, we, we don't understand this. We prefer to come to you directly, but we've come to you many times and you have to, your consciousness has to be really high. It's like such a high vibrational rate. It's like, we just pass out or we're asleep. We won't wake up. They came to me and I was awake. And I, I, I don't know if they knew I was going to be awake, but um, they wow. came because of my curiosity. The guides told me, said, you've been, I do CE5 protocol, which is when you call in different mm -hmm. beings. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you don't know talk about Richard. Yes, Greer, I do. Uh, yeah. Stephen, Stephen Greer, not Richard. Yes. Greer. Stephen yes. Greer, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it brought in this group of beings and they said, the guides said to me, they said they were, they were so enamored by your curiosity. They're such a curious, curious creature. They wanted to see, they, you know, they know humans, but they wanted to see what you were about. And we had this incredible interaction where I actually touched one of them in person. That's all I'm going to say. But, um, it, it was, it, the, yeah, it's phenomenal, but they don't come whenever I want them to, but I can talk to them on and off the board. There was a time with Rosemary Ellen Guiley, the late great Rosemary Ellen Guiley, we would get together a lot in California and we would go on investigations or, we'd go to the Integraton or go to Joshua, Joshua tree, or they come to my house or husband or her. And we do the board. We went to um, the Joshua tree Inn where Grant, I think his name was Graham, Graham Parsons supposedly committed suicide. And she got the room where he was found dead. I got oh. the room next door to it. We thought, Oh, we're going to use the board. We got the Frank's box. We're going to talk to Graham. And I'm thinking if it can happen, it's going to happen. And what we got instead was this being come through who said, I am in a ship above. I saw you. And she goes, oh my God, you guys, it's so weird. I saw the ship in the sky tonight. It was following us here. I'm like, what? what? You know, you're going to tell us this now? She's like, yeah. And so we, so we communicated with this being. He said, just call me M, like the letter M. He didn't say, I'm not going to say my name, but just call me M. I'm like, okay, I didn't know what that was. But he went on and talked to us for a little bit. And that was that was our encounter in Joshua Tree Inn. It wasn't Graham Parsons. So I've done this with other people in the room where we've had these conversations. Um, Rod has been a witness to some of these things, not not seeing them, but witness to the the messages that come through where I've seen them and I've and I have some friends who've seen some of the similar things, not just with me. So it's it's to me, um, it's so amazing to mm -hmm. have an otherworldly being into your space has this happened to you jeffrey because I, I got a question to ask you has this ever happened to you i i don't think so not that i remember okay it's the okay so i can feel when spirits they they feel very differently like human spirits okay mm -hmm, mm -hmm. when another otherworldly being comes in and this i'm talking now about extraterrestrials or it could be interdimensionals what well, my experience has been with extraterrestrials they don't like to be called they like to be called alternate alternate dimensionals because they actually are beyond just beyond our terrestrial space anyway um when before they come in i get this feeling and i've talked to some people about it who've also had visual encounters personal encounters so they there's a feeling you get and i, I can only do it by spite making the sound and my hand movement and it goes like this my hands swirling around people that are listening it swirls around it goes mm -hmm. the energy that's what it feels like that's it's not a sound i hear externally it's in my body i feel it coming it swirls in and in that moment it's on the precipice of either being afraid or going for it. Sure. And I'm so used to this feeling coming in from when I was young. When it comes in, I just go, what I call it, turning towards it. So I go, I literally turn my body and then I'm in the presence of one of these beings when they come physically. 
That's what it feels like. And when the beans came, I go, this, I mean, this group of beans came, it lit up my whole house. My TV in the other room went on and off. It's like three in the morning. Okay. My lava, my lava lamp, my little salt lamp went on and off. It was on, but it went off. They came back on when they left and they turned the TV on and off the light. And I, I heard this, I turned and there they were. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I was stoked. I was stoked. So, but I know that feeling when that feeling comes and it came a few months later, I had that, that other encounter in August, about three months later, it was May. And then that one was in August of 2019. When that one came, it was another different type of being. It was also ultra dimensional extraterrestrial and it came and it was the same swirling. And I said, yeah, bring it on. It just oh, turned towards awesome. it. you, but you, it's a choice you have. It's always yeah. a choice. Mm-hmm. And I've other friends I've talked to said, yeah, it's like this energy coming at me and it's strong and it goes in circles. I go, yeah, it swirls. And they go, I feel it. I go, that's it. And they've, I've heard this from other people too. And I'm not saying everybody has that experience, but people I've spoken to, so yeah. they have. Similar. And all of a sudden they, when they go to it, they're cool. And if they don't go to it, they're usually scared and they don't get the experience. Mm-hmm. Nothing mm-hmm. happens after that. I always turn to it. I've, I have conditioned myself to turn to it because I know that I'm empowered. I know I'm strong. I have free will. The guides are always with me. Yep. I'm never alone and I'm protected. Yep. That's yep. that's just what I know. 100%. So yeah. how many were there? Were there like five? Okay. There was three, one species, two of another, and one of a, th- one of a third. There was five. five sorry, they, six. Do they six. look like grays? I can't say. I can't say much more than that. Oh. There was three different species that most people don't talk about. Two for sure. They don't talk about. It was bizarre. And then yeah. I, I, you know, I want to say too much about it because um, I actually have a guy who I commissioned to make artwork of one of these beans. I drew them. I have a painting I did, and I am writing about it in my my other book. I'm working on right book. now. It's Got gonna. It. Be, I'm gonna release it there. It's it's such it's an experience in my life. It's at the top of many of my experiences. It's one of the top ones to have. Yeah. This oh, I, I can imagine. So yeah. have you uh, now that you live in carefree? Have you noticed yeah. an uptick being in Arizona? I haven't. In fact, I I had a lot more. Well, I also was in California twenty two years. Oh, <laughs> so, true. Yeah. And that's really the encounters where I was talking about. Um, I've, I but I've had encounters everywhere I've lived. Uh, in Texas, I've had them in New Mexico, um, Virginia, Alabama. I'm trying to think of all the places I've lived uh, as a kid growing up. I had always had encounters of with the the spirits ethereal beings or the guardians or these extraterrestrials um here i haven't had that experience but i can tell you i feel completely safe and i feel um very very confident in my um oh my centeredness here and i think what i find it's not so much the place where i am it's how i feel within myself it's the place yes. i am within myself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and my channeling has just gone off the charts here so I've been really focused on that for the readings, the channeling, having the direct messages come through and being able to share those. And I feel like th- this is the place where I'm actually planting those seeds in greater ways than oh, I ever have. Awesome. So that that's, that's what I've noticed. I think more, I feel so, as I've told you, Jeffrey, offline privately, that I feel so um, at home here. This yeah. feels so right. And you, and by the way, you guys, Jeffrey knows this place because he used to live out here. Yeah, I lived there for 27, 28 years. So. Isn't that amazing? And, mm, and by the way, yeah. you guys, it wasn't too far from where I'm living. Right. Yeah. I, I just right down the road. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I know. Isn't that, a, isn't that crazy? It's so beautiful up there. But you, but you really had moved. Is. So it's funny. We switched places. You went to California and I went out here. Yes. Yep. Without even really knowing it. It's right. crazy. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, okay. Tell everybody where they can find you, your website, uh, Facebook, um, where they Great. can find you, your, your events. Um, 
Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. So go to Karen, a Dahlman.com, put the a in there. I have Karen, a Dahlman on everything in social media. I'm on Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube. Let's see where else, uh, my website. Uh, I got a lot of events coming up. You guys, um, I'm talking to somebody else about an event, maybe this may, but definitely the one in, in Sedona, Arizona will be in March, March 17th to the 19th. I've got Michigan Paracon, which is like the very end of, um, August, so 25th, 26th, 27th, don't quote me on that. It's on my mm -hmm. website. I will be teaching at both these events, teaching uh, and speaking. And I get to teach the, I'll be teaching the Ouija board and also how to connect with your higher self on and off the board at the one in Sedona. And then I always do events like this online with you guys, um, speaking to different groups. Uh, Jeffrey is one, for example. And then, um, yeah, I got all kinds of articles, you guys, on my website for free. And the YouTube, I have a lot of videos there. Awesome. Um, and I haven't been doing a lot of videos recently since last spring because I was so busy traveling. You guys, I was busy going to so many places, um, which I'm, I'm excited about teaching, talking, but also having downtime with friends and investigations. Yeah. And so it just got so busy last year for me. I'm going to get back into those um, those shows, too. And plus now I'm working on a couple books. So it's kind of busy. But yeah, yeah. come join me. Come check me out. And you I, guys, would, thank you I would absolutely listening. love to come see you in Sedona. Oh. It was a home away from home for me for years. I know it's, and, and I'm hearing this is the event. I mean, Coast is saying the same thing. I'm like, I'm so honored to be a part mm -hmm. of it. You know, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It is awesome. Amazing. Jeffrey, thank you so much for having me. It's a joy to be here with you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here with us. And uh, I can't wait to read your next book about the interdimensional, what'd you call them? Interdimensionals? Oh. Yeah, it, well, I have I talk to interdimensionals too, but ultra dimensionals I like to call oh, the extraterrestrials. Oh, got it. <clears throat> They're kind of beyond all, all these, these dimensions. There, some of them are way up there in some bigger dimensions. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait for that one. Oh yeah, all it's right, exciting. my dear. <clears throat> Thank you so much. You look beautiful as ever. I'm so happy Thank to you. see you, and I can't wait to see you in person. Great to see you too. Okay, hopefully we talk soon. Yes, thanks, darling. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you again for listening to the Something Super Spiritual Podcast. If you know someone who would enjoy this episode, please do share it with a friend. For show notes, links, and to purchase a mediumship reading, my website is somethingsuperspiritual.com. You can also easily subscribe and follow the show on your favorite app, sign up for my newsletter for bonus content, and to keep the conversation going, you can easily join the Facebook community. It's all right there at the website, somethingsuperspiritual.com. Signing off for now, namaste.